Father, we just thank you, Father, for this morning once again. We just thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy and your kindness in our lives. Lord, we just worship you. We just want to thank you. We just want to praise you. And Lord, this morning, once again, even as we look at, into your word, Father, speak to us. Teach us your ways. Show us your paths. And lead us into the way of everlasting life. To that end, I pray that you would bless even the ministry of the word, the ministry of teaching. And I pray, Father, that you would anoint all of us and grant us years to hear the ability to grasp uh, in our spirit and even in our soul the things that you have to die to the flesh and and the things that you have ordained for us in this last hour of time. Grant us grace to that and we pray. Bless this time of of the ministry of the word. Multiply your word and make it relevant into every department, every area of our lives. We thank you, we praise you. For in Jesus' name, Amen. Alright, so, yeah, so you can excuse the, the, the crew over here. It's been 52 days, so it's not easy. Uh, I can understand. So, <laughs> so this morning, um, we've been looking at, um, yesterday was, we were looking at discipleship. The call is to make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son of the Holy Spirit. And God says, if this is your ambition as a church and as individuals, behold, I am with you even to the end of this urge. Right? If that is the objective of your ministry or of your, of your life, that you want to, you yourself want to be a disciple and, and through your life you want to make other disciples, God is there with you. God is for you. And the entire resources of heaven is going to back you up if that is your ambition. Because he says, behold, I am with you. All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. It says in uh, the Gospel according to John, you don't, don't have done that. It says, the law came through Moses. Grace and, came, uh, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. And it says, the word became flesh. Yeah, in the beginning was the word, the word was with God, the word was God. And it says, verse 14 of John chapter 1, it says, the word became flesh and tabernacled among us or dwelt among us. And that was uh, the ultimate um, aim of God. The ultimate aim of God was to dwell with us and to have fellowship with us. The fellowship that was broken in the Garden of Eden. You know, it says Enoch walked with God. Abraham also walked uh, in the promised land. Even Noah walked with God. All these people walked with God. But I'm not sure if God dwelt with them. Um, I, I, and the whole purpose of the church is to prepare a sanctuary where the spirit of the living God and God's presence can continuously dwell. That's that's what we learn from the church of of, of uh, God in the wilderness, the ecclesia in the wilderness. God gives them the law in Exodus chapter 20 and he says and he calls Moses after he gives the the statutes and the ordinances from 21, 22, 23 and 24. Chapter 24, he calls up Moses. We don't have to turn there. We'll, we'll go there. 24, he calls up Moses and he's going to give them 
the design of the tabernacle. The design of the tabernacle is that God, why, why is he going to give a tabernacle, the design of the tabernacle? He's brought them out of Egypt. He's given them the law. And ultimately, he wants to dwell among his people. And like yesterday, we heard the only one thing that the church of God in the wilderness built, which could be called the work of God, was the tabernacle. Yesterday, remember? That was the one thing that um, God, the, the church of God in the wilderness did. That's the intention of God. If you turn with me now to Exodus chapter 25 and verse 8. says, um, and let them make me a sanctuary. Who? Let them. You see, that's interesting, right? Everybody has to be involved in making him a sanctuary. That I may dwell among them. That's the whole purpose of bringing them out of Egypt, giving them the law, giving them the Ten Commandments and the ordinance and the statutes, etc. So that God can dwell among his people. Right? And then verse 9 says, he says, according to all that I show you, that is the pattern, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of all its all its furnishings, just so you shall make it. So this is the way God says, okay, I want to dwell among you. Alright? You know, Moses says, thank you Jesus, you want to dwell among us? Come on. Let me just go down and start building. He says, hold on, hold on. I want you to make me a tabernacle where I am comfortable in. It should be my dwelling place. Okay. And because it's me, I know exactly what I need, what keeps me comfortable, what what ensures that, you know, I can be among you and not consume you. <laughs> right? Uh, so he, he knows. He knows the patterns. He knows the whole structure. So he's, I'm going to give you a pattern of the furnishings. And also of the tabernacle. The tabernacle and its corresponding furnishings. Everything I'm going to give you a pattern. And you shall make exactly as it is in the pattern. That is the objective of bringing you out of Egypt so that I may dwell among you. What is the whole purpose? See, the whole purpose is not to even just enter into the promised land. There's no point in entering into the promised land without the presence of God. It's the presence of God which ensures that you know, we inherit the promises. It, uh, every promise is yes and amen. Where? In Christ Jesus, right? Remember that, okay? So the, so what, what does, what does God want to do? He wants to build a sanctuary. I mean, He wants, uh, the people of Israel to make Him a sanctuary with all its furnishings and all the tabernacle, the pattern of the tabernacle, everything I'm going to show you. Make, make it so that I can come and dwell among your people. So what is it? In the equivalent in the new covenant, it's the same. If you turn to Hebrews chapter 8, this is what it says in Hebrews chapter 8 verses 1 to 6. Hebrews chapter 8 verses 1 to 6. Now this is the main point of the things that we are saying. Okay. We have such a high priest who is seated at the right hand of the throne of the majesty in heavens. Who is that high priest? Jesus. A minister of the sanctuary. <laughs> right. And of the true tabernacle which the Lord erected. And not man. Remarkable, isn't it? And then go on. Verse 3. For every high priest is appointed to offer both gifts and sacrifices. Therefore, it is necessary that this one also have something to offer. For if he were on earth, he would not be a priest, since there are priests who offer the gifts according to the law. 
who serve the copy and the shadow of the heavenly heavenly things as moses was divinely instructed when he was about to make the tabernacle for he said see that you make all things according to the pattern shown you on the mountain but now he has obtained a more excellent ministry in as much as as he is also the mediator of the better covenant which has been established on better promises. So he says, just as Moses was uh, asked to build a sanctuary, it was a pattern of what is in heaven. And you can actually look at uh, the whole pattern given to us in, at least a picture of it is found in Revelations chapter 4 through to 5, 6 and 7 onwards, where um, where, uh, John sees the, the... yeah, the, 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 the vision of uh, the tabernacle in the heavens, in the, in the heavenlies. So he says, there should, there's a pattern, and that's the whole point here. The, the point is, I want to come and dwell in your midst, and I'm going to show you a pattern, and you have to build something for me according to the pattern so that I'm comfortable in dwelling in your midst. Okay. So, exactly what First Peter chapter 2 will say. Read from verses 1 onwards. 1 to 5, you'll understand the whole Context. Therefore, laying aside all malice, all deceit, all hypocrisy, envy, and all evil speaking, what do you do? As newborn infants, desire the pure milk of the word of God that you may grow up thereby. Why? Okay. If indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. How do you do it? Coming to him as living stones, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. This is talking about Jesus, of course. And verse 5, you also as living stones are being built up a spiritual house, a holy priesthood to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So this is the whole, we are, what are we being made into? We are being, being made into a spiritual house. What kind of a priesthood? A holy priesthood. What are the kind of sacrifices that we are supposed to offer? Spiritual sacrifices. And what those sacrifices should be? Should be, how do you qualify those sacrifices? Those sacrifices have to be acceptable to God. And they are only acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. So everything, the whole purpose is to make a spiritual house. So what, what is, what about the spiritual house? Why is the spiritual is important? Look at what it says in Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 19 to 22. <clears throat> now therefore, you are no longer, what? Strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and the members of the household of God. All living stones, okay? Members of the household of God. Having been built up on the foundation of the apostles and the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom the whole building being fitted together grows into a holy temple in the Lord. And verse 22, the most significant, in whom you also are being built up together for a dwelling place of God in the Spirit. So that is the whole purpose, even in the New Testament, that we become the dwelling place of God. So we individuals, individually become dwelling places of God and we as a corporate family, as different members in the body of Christ, also become a word of God, a dwelling place of God in the spirit. You understand that? Alright? You understand, right? So this is the whole purpose of the of building a of building the tabernacle. So, so in order to build the tabernacle, you need first who? You need a leader. <laughs> 
a spiritual leader. I told you to bring out people from Egypt also, you need a spiritual leader. To build a tabernacle also, you need a spiritual leader. And that guy, I mean that person whom God has prepared, God gives him the the pattern and he's supposed to, en- I mean, ensure that people who build the tabernacle will build according to the pattern that has been shown him. Where? Shown him where? On the mountain. So first first thing is the preparation of the individual to make the tabernacle, to build the tabernacle. It is, it's for all of us. Because individually we are all supposed to lead our own lives. First we have to build our own lives first. So that is the reason why he says he who speaks in tongues, what does he do? He edifies himself. So that is one of the things that we need to do. We need to edify ourselves, build ourselves up. Therefore he says, build yourselves up in the most holy faith. Jude will say that. Build yourself up in the most holy place. And then together build the body of Christ. So first, everyone has to prepare ourselves to build ourselves up. And therefore, as a corporate body, according to the giftings that God has given us, uh, the spiritual giftings that God has given us, according to his grace, he has distributed different kinds of gifts. According to that, we build the body of Christ. Okay, first is the preparation of the leader. In other words, the person who is supposed to build the tabernacle. So how does this happen? Turn now to Exodus chapter 24 and verse 12. How does this happen? It's very important to understand. Let's read from verses 12 to 15. Okay. Then the Lord said to Moses, come up to me on the mountain and be there. Now this is very interesting. Let me put this in context. What is happening? Uh, In chapter number 24, if you see, uh, God says, don't come close to the mountain. Okay, and all the Israelites will say, see, we don't want to, Moses, we don't want to uh, come close to God, we don't want God to speak, Uh, we are content staying here in the bottom of the mountain, okay, you speak to us. So Moses, what does he do? He takes the 70 elders and they go. And then God comes there and it's very significant, it says that God does not lay hands on anybody. But what does God do? He they ha, he he, sh- he gives them a vision of who he is. Not complete, of course. If they see the complete vision of God, they will die. So, 70 elders are there. They all have a fellowship meal with God. So, Aaron and her are left. And then Joshua and Moses go to the next step. Joshua is left. Then Moses alone goes to the next step. So in order to receive the pattern in which we have to build our lives, what is important is a separation. Those who are not separated cannot build the tabernacle. Meaning, because this is a, this is a spiritual house. And God is spirit. And those who worship God must worship Him in spirit and in truth. And those who serve God should serve Him in what? In spirit. That's exactly what Paul says. But, God is my witness, whom I serve in my spirit in the gospel of his son, he says. Alright, we don't serve God primarily in the soul. We serve God in the spirit. And of course, we transform ourselves. We use other faculties of our, of that God has given us. But primarily, the service that happens to us, uh, uh, that uh, that uh, happens through us, happens in the spirit. Therefore, first, what does God do? He says, you have to come up. You have to separate yourself. Come up and just don't come up. And come down immediately. Be there. First thing. Come up and be there. And you know what God says? Come up to the mountain and be there. And I will give you tablets of stone and the law and commandments which I have written to you that you may teach them. It's very interesting. 
very 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 interesting come up and be there how long will it take did, did he tell moses no uh, did he say moses okay you do one thing you also get one bo- water bottle and uh, some provisions no now think about it in order for this to happen you see the first point that i want to make here you know the very first fast which was ordained by god you know where it has been ordained here. Now Moses is going to go onto the top of the mountain. For how many days he is going to be there? 40 days and 40 nights without water and without bread. So now tell me something. Who ordained fasting? Whose idea was that? Why is this important? You see the pattern even in the new covenant. You see Jesus himself was there led by the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. What was the whole purpose of the temptation? Though, So that his flesh would completely die. Okay, And then he would come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. He would be led by the spirit into the wilderness. And he would come out in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that's the whole purpose of God ordained fasting. What should Moses proved to himself before he gives Deuteronomy chapter 8 where he says man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. He has to prove to himself and to the rest of the people for 40 days without food, without water I am dwelling in the presence of God. I did not, I did not have any need of it. And it is a God ordained fast. Oh, this is a significant truth for all of us to learn. In other words, in order for us to build, be leaders in our own lives, to build a dwelling place of God in the spirit, first thing we have to learn is that to put to death the flesh. Absolutely important. And what is first, first is you have to put to death the flesh. And when you're putting to death the flesh, what are you doing? You're humbling yourself before God. Because it says, I humbled myself with fasting and prayer. And God only gives revelation as to how to build his house. Because he says, upon this foundation, I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail. What is that? On the foundation of the revelation. What was the revelation that was given to, uh, given to Peter? Flesh and blood has not revealed to you, but my father which is in heaven has revealed to you. What was that revelation? You are the son. You are son. You are the Messiah. And the first thing we need to understand is that it's impossible to build a house of God which is which is uh, I'm, impossible. I'm making some, some radical statements over here. I'm, I should be careful. It, scripture says when we fast. In, in other words, fasting has to be our lifestyle. I was telling Roshan, I wish pastor is going <laughs> to, uh, what is that, uh, declare another 40 day fast, it will be good, every year once at least, no, go through that process, because, and you know it, right, if you have done a 40 day fast, it's different, isn't it, after you finish it, it's a total different ball game altogether, you know, there's something which has been transacted in the spirit. Everybody knows. And one of the things that you have proven to yourself is that you don't die without food. Okay, you can live. Okay. It's very 
significant. Yeah. So first thing, it's what is the institution that has been, I mean, what is the ordinance that has been instituted, if you will, if I can put that statement. Fasting. Turn with me to uh, Acts chapter 13, if you will. I want to show you some precedences in the in the New Testament. Acts chapter 13, verses 1, 2, and 3. Look at this beautiful verse. Now, in the church that was in Antioch, there were certain prophets and teachers, Barnabas, Simeon, who was called Niger, Lucius of Cyrene, Manaen, who had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, and Saul. As they ministered to the Lord and, ah, the Holy Spirit said, now separate to me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work to which I have called them. And what is Barnabas and Saul going to do now? They are going to build the body of Christ. And how did it start? <laughs> By the people in the church gathered together, ministering to the Lord and fasting. Fasting is something which is ordained by God. And Moses is going to receive it. The first thing he he's going to be called to is, okay, Moses didn't even know. Okay, I'm going to give you the law and the commandments which you're going to teach. Okay, let's say, how long does it take to enumerate the Ten Commandments? And the law? You think about it. If you read through the entire chapters of Exodus chapter 20, 21, 22 and 23 and 24, okay, 25, 26, it will hardly take half an hour to 40 minutes. Okay, half an hour to 40 minutes, maybe you can finish the whole Exodus, that latter part of Exodus in maybe two or three hours. Why 40 days? Why? Simply to say that this is not something which you can receive in your mind and in the flesh. You can only receive this in the spirit. This is a revelation that you have to receive and there has to be a, a, what do you call, a spiritual pose or a disposition, if you will, an attitude, if you will, in order for you to receive that which God has ordained for you. And you know what God says? Come up to the mountain and be there and I will give you. First thing, therefore, it demands separation and that's exactly what Jesus always used to do. Turn with me to Revelation chapter 4 verse 1. Look at this essential mountaintop experiences, if you will. Um, look at what it says. This is we know about uh, John, John the uh, apostle. And after, after these things, I looked and behold a door standing open in the heaven. And the, and the first voice which I heard was a trumpet speaking with me saying, come up and here, come up here and I will show you things that must take, that must take place. So he has to go up. Come up. This is not, Moses had to climb a mountain, but we climb up a spiritual mountain. That means we go against the gravity of the flesh. which tries to pull us down. Okay, think about that. Okay, think about that statement. What tries to pull you down? Okay. What tries to pull you down? Matthew chapter 5 verse 1. Look at this again. We know this very well, but I, I want you to uh, uh, see that. And seeing the multitudes, and what did Jesus do? He went up on a mountain, and when he was seated, he, his disciples also came where? Up the mountain, and then he started teaching. He became the chair professor, the first chair professor. He sat and he taught. You know what chair professor is, means, right? He is the one who decides the syllabus of the entire university. I mean, of at least the department, the chair professor. Jesus became the first chair professor and he declared the manifesto of the kingdom of God in chapters 5, 6 and 7. He declared the syllabus. This is the syllabus, including the practical exams. 
Okay. So this is the syllabus. He sat down and he only spoke to his disciples. That's very interesting. Other people heard and they were astonished. But the disciples got the message. Matthew chapter 14 verse 23. Romans 14 23 we know. Look at Matthew 14 23. And when he had sent the multitudes away. He went upon the top of the mountain by himself to pray. And when evening had come he was alone there. And you will see every time when he even chooses his disciples, he goes up to the top of the mountain, he prays and then God gives him who all is supposed to be the 12 disciples, he calls the 12 among the 70. So he is praying, okay. So he had a bunch of 70 guys along with him following him every day and he is praying all the whole night, he has separated himself because he is God in the flesh, right? Does he not know? Excuse me. It's okay? Yeah. Um, does he not know? Does he not know who's who? Does does Jesus not have the discernment? Oh, he he does, but I think when he came in the flesh, God did not be he equality with God, he did not grasp. He left it. He made himself of no reputation. He emptied himself, it says in other translations. He emptied himself of all his powers. Therefore, he also had to pray and get answers from God as to who will be the twelve. So, 70, 70 disciples were there in his mind. And he was praying, praying, praying. God says, reject, this fellow reject, this fellow reject, this fellow reject. And can you imagine? It's not an entrance exam. God, no entrance exam. Nobody gave an entrance exam. Do you see that? He didn't say, okay, fine, uh, all 70 sit here, answer this question paper. How many of you know Sermon on the Mount? He didn't say. It's remarkable it is. So he just prayed and God showed him 12. He says, this fellow, you preach him, preach a little tough. If you, Unless you eat my flesh and you drink my blood, they will also leave. And finally, he zeroed in on 12. And among the 12, Jesus said, God said, one fellow will be the son of the devil. Perdition. Okay. It's remarkable. He went up. And look at another another something which I wanted to, wanted you to observe very carefully. Turn to Hebrews chapter 17 verses 1 and 2. Okay. 17. Oh, sorry. Matthew chapter 17. Oh, sorry. So, so, so sorry. Matthew chapter 17 verses 1 and 2. After six days. Okay. I'll come to that point later on. Okay. After six days, Jesus took Peter. After six days from when, Baba? (laughs) Matthew chapter 16 is what? Caesarea Philippi. Where Jesus gets the revelation. uh, Peter gets the revelation. Six days after that, he takes them up. Okay, fine. Uh, that is a very significant uh, point, but let me, I, I don't want to uh, go too much into it, but let me just t- tell you what I'm trying to say here. Now, after six days, Jesus took Peter, James and John, his brother, led them up on a mountain by themselves, and he was what? Transfigured is a word in Greek which means metamorpho. Metamorpho. Okay, that is the reason why he says, do not be, do not be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be metamorpho. Okay, you want to be transformed into the likeness of Jesus so that it says in uh, 2 Corinthians chapter 3 that you should be transformed in the likeness of his son. From, actually chapter 4 in fact. Transformed in the likeness of his son. From glory to glory. So you want to be metamorphosized into the likeness of his son. 
then you need to go where mountain top and what do you, what revelation do you get the revelation about his death right just keep it there hebrews chapter 5 he says he went he used to always go on top of the mountain to pray and what was his prayer 5 7 you know it very well no in who in the days of his flesh he says in the days of his flesh he had what kind of flesh sinful flesh it says in romans chapter 8 he had that flesh which was a weak flesh which could be could be destroyed that's how he he was killed weak flesh that is the reason it's sinful flesh because whatever being subject to death means it's got the it's got the weight of sin on it right it's sinful flesh and therefore he knew that he could fall anytime. And what did he say? Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplication with vehement cries and tears, so he couldn't just stay on the plane. He had to go to the top of the mountain and pray. That means he had to separate himself from the rest of the crowd in order for him to receive from God the strength to overcome his flesh. Hmm? Understand that? Okay, so this is a first point. Preparation mein kya hai? First thing, fasting. Second thing, coming up. In that fasting itself, coming up and stay there. What is coming up? Be separate from the rest of the people. So there will be a lot of people who are there downstairs who says, we don't want to hear God directly. You give us. That means those are the people who are satisfied with second hand revelation. Then there will be a other 70 elders called Aaron and her who will easy, easily compromise, who will give and uh, what, what, what do I say? They will cater to the felt needs of the people. That is the ministry of Aaron and her. What are, what are they? Those are the people who will cater to the felt needs of the people. And there is another guy called Joshua. Now, this guy is a disciple who is being trained. He is still not there yet. But he is neither with Aaron and her nor with the crowd. But his inclination is toward where? Towards Moses. That is what we need. It's not that everybody will become Moses in one day. But at least you are climbing on top of the mountain. So if you are there, you can tell those guys has to at least how to reach till that point. Right? You can tell the others. Some people will be interested. Some people will not be interested. That's up to God. But there is always going to be a separation that is going to take place. I am telling you something. To build something authentic for God, it is inevitable that you need to go through separation. It's inevitable. It's inevitable. And if you still are thinking, no, 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 I also want my worldly friends, I also want my these people that, mm, God says, okay, fine. You'll be satisfied with second and double. I'm not going to force anything on, uh, anything, uh, anything on you. See, you're free to choose. You're free to choose. You're free to make your choices. You have a free will. But isn't it interesting? But the consequences, you're not, you're not free to stop them. Are you free to stop the consequences? No. You are only free to make the choices. You are not free to stop the consequences. You make the choice and the consequences will follow because whatsoever you sow, you will reap. That's the inexorable law of sowing and reaping, even it is whether it is on the ground or whether it is in the spirit or in the flesh. We know that very well. So, you have the choice to sow what kind of seeds you want to sow, but the consequences will follow and the consequences you are not free to stop them because it's a law. Once you have sowed, you cannot 
take your hands off and say, oh, no, 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 no. That is the reason I change your seed. Start sowing in the flesh. It is, you have spent sufficient time, right? That's what it says in First Peter chapter 4. You have spent sufficient time in all kinds of debauchery. Turn there. I want you to look at that place in First Peter, First Peter chapter 4 verses 1, 2, 3 and 4 if you will. And if you can put it in message, it will be great. So that message will kind of simplify the whole thing. It will not become too... Since Jesus went through everything you are going through and more, learn to think like him. How, how did he think? I don't want to be with the crowd. Think of your sufferings as a weaning from that old sinful habit of always expecting to get your own way. <laughs> Super, no? And then go on. Then you will be able to live out your days free to pursue what God wants instead of being tyrannized by what you want. And then he says, verse 3, you have already put in your time in that God-ignorant way of life. You already put in your time. I mean, think about it. Now. If Abigail gets saved right now, she has, sufficient, she has put in sufficient time in the flesh, even though she's only nine years old. You have spent sufficient time. In this God-ignorant way of life, partying night after night, a drunken and profligate life, now it's time to be done with it for good. And what happens next verse? Verse 4. Of course, your old friends don't understand that. Mm, that's, that's the point. They will not understand you. Why don't you join, why you don't join them with that old gang anymore? Sometimes it could be a spiritual gang too, at least quote unquote. But they are not really interested in God. They are interested in something else. So he says, God says, choose, choose for you this day. And you make your choices like yesterday we heard, no? One of the fundamental things is Sangati. In Hindi mein bol na? Sangati. Sangati. Or dusht Sangati kya karta? Bigar deta. Charitra ko bigar dega. Kya baat hai? Agar aapko achha charitra, if you want to have a good history, ensure that you have Sangati or fellowship with the people whom God has said, okay, these are the people that you can really fellowship and these are the people who will challenge you. Because they themselves are inclined towards God. They have their mind focused. Now, yesterday we were having a discussion, no? Peter, me, me and uh, Sam, uh, Peter, Sam was asking me, Pastor, what is that one thing that keeps you on that straight, I mean, keeps you going? I said one thing, Sammy, one thing. At least I know. I, they, 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 there should be so many things. One thing, I have made my decision. This is where I'm going. No turning back. I don't have plan B. So if I don't have plan B, if I get up in the morning, what am I supposed to pursue? Plan A. Only. So even if I fall and commit something which I'm ashamed of, let's say, I go to God and say, Lord, I did this. Please forgive me. And if I don't have plan B, no other option is there except to follow you. So I have made my decisions. And what, what should you have around you? You should have a bunch of people who will also heading in that same direction, who will not compromise, who are willing to stay in that straight and, straight and narrow path. That gang anymore. What kind of a gang do you have? That gang, gang where you share depressions and become more depressed and oppressed? Or a gang where, you know, when you speak after you have a transaction, there's a spiritual transaction that has taken place. Bread and water has been exchanged. What has been exchanged? Bread and water. Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. 
the saints in the land, they are the excellent ones. In him, in them is what? All my delight. What a beautiful psalm that is. Alright, so they are the, so he says, of course your old friends don't understand why you don't join in, join in with them in the old gang anymore. But you don't have to give an account to them. You see that? You don't have to give an account as to, because they will not understand. What is this? They will not understand because they are in the light, in the dark. It's impossible. Oh, some, sometimes I listen to so many, um, uh, people from the other background, no? Uh, from different religious backgrounds, no? They don't understand Christianity. They, they still think that by works that, that they can somehow appease God. Think about it. What works can you do which will bring God down to your level and say, Oh, great man, enter into my kingdom. Do you have the sufficient spiritual caliber in you to reach up to the standards of God? Think about it. If not Christianity, then what? If not Christ, then what? If not the cross, then what? Is the point. So, first thing in order to build this life is you have to choose separation. Meaning, separation meaning it's not that you don't love them. No, no, no. You will love them only when you separate from those ideas and from those thinking patterns. Second, let's go now. Go back to Exodus chapter. I'll try to finish in one and a half hours today. Okay? Quickly. Exodus chapter uh, 20, uh, 24 and uh, verse uh, 12 again. It says, come up to the mountain and what? Be there. Mean wait. Wait in my presence. You see, there's a, it's not like you go there, oh, come on God, I'm, I don't have time, come on, jale, 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 let's finish. Who are you, Baba? Who are you? And who is God? How dare you treat God like as your equal? Now think about it, no? I went, I went for my marriage license, okay? From pillar to post I went, once I went to the secretariat, I wanted to have an audience with the deputy chief minister. So I was waiting. I'm waiting there. The bodyguards are there. Okay. Nobody is allowed. So I said, uh, I just want to meet her. He said, wait. Hurry. Will I say, hello, uh, my time is very precious. He has to give me an audience. Will I say that? If I do anything like that, that those fellows have the, have got the license to kill. And in fact, you know what happened that day? That day, I was supposed to meet him. I was waiting, 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 waiting. Suddenly, some call came. He had to leave the office. So, he got up from his chair. He finished his last appointment. He got up from his chair and he came out. He's a very simple man. He doesn't look very strong. He doesn't look very big. He's a deputy chief. He's a Muslim man. Okay. And he came out of his office. Immediately, both the bodyguards came and covered him. Nobody can come. That's it. And I wanted to, you know, at least say, sir, excuse me. Nothing doing. Finish. They just pushed me to the side. And all of them surrounded him. And he just left. I'm like, what is he going, man? What is he doing, man? Baba, he is a deputy chief minister. You wait. You don't give him orders. 
Now the problem is we take this, we expect, we, we don't expect our earthly kings to give us an audience. In fact, Esther, when Mordecai said you have to go and meet the king, Esther said if I go there without, without him beckoning or summoning me, I am dead meat. <laughs> you don't just go to the king's palace and say please give me an audience. No way. How dare we do that with God? Come on God. I am here. My time is very precious. You don't know so many other avocations I have got. I have to go home, cook food, etc, etc, etc. Come on. We take those attitudes everywhere, isn't it? See, we have lost in this generation the discipline of waiting. Unfortunately, it's very unfortunate. It's very unfortunate. We have lost the discipline of waiting. We think that God is our servant. Just because, I told you right, just because he came down and washed our feet, it does not mean that we are going to get the things of God just like that without waiting. It's impossible. How dare we do that with God? We don't do that with God, right? We wait. You are the king, Baba. Kiss the son, lest he be angry. Rejoice with trembling, he says. Come on. Today he says, okay, today I don't want to speak to you. Just go back, come tomorrow. What will you do? What will you do, Baba? What I'm not for king is this? I'm ashamed. No. That's exactly what the people downstairs did. They are ashamed of this Moses. Because they don't have the discipline of waiting. They don't have the discipline in the, in the, of waiting in the presence of God. Like I, I was telling uh, Peter, no? I get up in the morning. Do you think by the time I get up in the morning, 3.30, I say, God, I got up now. Come on, speak to me. No. He is not a servant. He is not my servant. I am his servant. How to wait? I have to meditate. I have to read. I have to, it's, I have to literally pace back and forth, back and forth, pray in the spirit, think about the thoughts that God has given me, go through the text over and over again and see what is God, where is God leading me. It's not easy. And then after one hour, one hour, 20 minutes, one and a half hour, he will speak one point. Oh, then you say, thank you, Jesus. But I have to wait. It's not like my, I already revved up in my spiritual senses. Come on, God, I don't have time. Uh, service is starting at 9, 9.30. I should, be re- I should be prepared by this time. No, he's not going to do that. Sorry. We have lost the discipline of waiting. This is what we have done. We have changed God into our, our servant in the 21st century, unfortunately. God is a God who meets our need. We don't meet God's need. Boss, let us be done away with that attitude once and for all after these 60 days or whatever days that God has given us. We be, We are there. We are going to spend time in his presence as much as time. Come on, as I told you, how long does it take for him to finish 40, uh, four, 4 or 6 chapters, 7 or 8 chapters or 10 chapters, even if it's 10 chapters. How much, how long does it take? One 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 day full is over, no? Okay, morning, say evening, come on, dictation, lele. Okay, you didn't get the pattern, let me give you a selfie. Okay, let me give you a show. No, nothing. He has to be there. These are spiritual things. And spiritual things don't come easy. There, is a, there are spiritual disciplines we need to inculcate. And one of the disciplines, boss, separate from the crowd, which is going to pull you down to that level and wait in the presence of God. Please, for, please, uh, I'm not, uh, I'm not, I'm not reached there yet. But this is something which I'm asking God to. Lord, grant me the grace to wait in your presence. He's not, I'm not, you're not my servant, Lord. I'm your bond servant. Like it's exactly what it says, right? Like a maid servant waiting for God. It says in Psalms, right? Like a maid servant waiting for her maid. I'm waiting for you, God. I'm just waiting when you're going to open your mouth. And I'm like, okay, okay. When, 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 when? Wait. Just, it doesn't mean that you don't do anything. Meditate. Start meditating. Read. 
read the text. I have to read some texts so many times to get one thought. And that will be the central thought upon which the whole study or the sermon that is that I'm going to prepare is going to be based upon, right? You understand this, everybody? So it should be the same thing with in every of our personal lives too. Lord, prayer is like we go there and we just blurt out whatever we have to blurt out and then we say thank you, we say, thank you very much, Jesus. Bye bye. No, there's no waiting and hearing from God. Morning by morning, He awakeneth me. Think about that. Those statements. Alright? So be there. So it says in Psalm 25, look at what it says, Psalm 25, verses 1 to 5. You know this song very well. Unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. O my God, I trust in you. Let me not be ashamed. Let not my triumph, let not my enemies triumph over me. And then he says, indeed, let no one who, what? Waits upon you be ashamed. See, who are those people who get ashamed? People who don't wait. That's exactly what happened to the crowd downstairs, right? We don't know what happened to this Moses. This Moses is make, putting us to what? Shame? Oh, you're ashamed, Baba? Look at this. That is what happens with people who have not genuine, genuinely want to serve God, no? Think about it. Take it as a challenge. Whatever, whatever your background is, whatever your circumstances are, Say, Lord, Lord, I don't want to be like this, Lord. I want to press on, press on. I forget those things which are behind and I press on. One thing I do. What is one thing? What did Mary do? One thing she did. Oh, Martha, Martha, you are distracted with so many things. One thing is needful. And Mary has chosen that I, to what? To sit at my feet and to learn. Be there. 135, verse 5. Oh, sorry, 130, verse 5. Not 135. 130, verse 5. Look at this. I wait for the Lord. Think about this. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. And in His word, I hope. See, I cannot give you anything of my own thing unless I have given you what? The word. If I haven't given you word, you have no hope. And in order for me to give you a word, what should I do? I should wait. Double super, you want to look at a double superlative? 2 times 7? Psalm 27, 14. Double superlative, no? Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage. And He shall strengthen your heart. Your heart. Wait! I say on the Lord. <laughs> okay. Understand that. So waiting is such an important, 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 important aspect of life. So what happens? So first, come up. Be there. And what is the second thing? What will cover you? He enters into the cloud. The cloud comes and covers him. What is the cloud cover significant? What, is, what does it signify? Turn to Exodus chapter 40 and verse 34. You will understand what the cloud cover signifies. Then the cloud covered the tabernacle out of the meeting and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. You know what glory means? Weight. God is going to show him what is his weight and balance. Moses is going to have a personal quake. What quake? 
personal quake. I'll tell you what a personal quake is. Holy of Holies is where you have the glory of God. Okay. And uh, Jesus was the standard of God. In Whenever he was on earth, he was the, literally the Holy of Holies, basically. Wherever he, wherever he was going, he was the temple. No. Remember, he was the temple. He says, destroy this temple, I'm going to build it up in three days. He was not talking about this temple, he was talking about himself. He was literally the presence of God, he was the glory of God, he was the weight of God. And the best of the (laughs) Pharisees were a tragedy before him. (laughs) Remember that? And the best of the best was the rich young ruler. He was not only successful in this world, he was also spiritual. (gasps) Think about it, no? I always honored my father and mother. I never murdered, I never cheated, I never bore false witness. Boy, you will say, this is the guy, mama, macha. And what does Jesus say? One thing you lack. And the disciples are stunned. I thought this fellow was a standard. Jesus says, who's the standard? I am the standard. So wherever Jesus went, he was a holy of holies. People always had a quake, <laughs> personal quake. Let me tell you what it means. No, I'll tell you. Let us say you are in a class. It happens generally. We have what we call as uh, transfer students. Transfer students means uh, some people who are in some other university, the next semester they join the class. Okay. So, first semester you will have uh, a general batch and there will be one topper in the batch. That fellow will think he's the top megapan. Okay. He thinks that he's the best in the class because he's got 80 out of 100. And he'll be looking down upon all these. He'll be a snobbish fellow. You fellows, like a Pharisee. No, I am not like this. I thank you, God. I am not like other men. I do this, this, this. And I'm not like this Pharisee too. And next time, just after a few months, a transfer student comes. That fellow is one mathematics Olympiad genius. What happens? Enters the Holy of Holies. Okay, that fellow is the one who will now change the dynamics of the class. And next midsem comes, everybody struggling, 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 struggling. The highest mark is 60. The topper, the ex-topper got 60. And everybody got less than him. He's all looking at And he has the three idiots experience. You know what I'm talking about, right? And he looks at this, what is this fellow transfer student? How much did you get? Topper 60. That fellow said, "Uh, sir, I got only 98.4. Huh? That is what we call as holy of holies. That's exactly what Moses is going to experience now. He is going to enter into the cloud and he is going to see the standards of God in his totality. The commandment is going to come home. <laughs> How? That's what it says, no? When commandment came, sin revived, I died. It is the death to all your human standards. When you look at the glory of God, you will just fall flat on your face. That is exactly what happened to our great man, Abraham. Who appeared to Abraham? Ah, Acts chapter 7. Please go there. This is verses 1, 2 and 3, if I am right. Then the high priest said, are, are these things so? And then, then the high priest said, okay, verse 2. 
And he said, brothers and fathers, this is Stephen. Listen, the God of who appeared? Ah, the God of glory appeared. <laughs> who, see, Abraham and all these people are not ordinary people, Baba. Who appeared to Abraham? He appeared in all his glory. And Abraham said, if I don't follow this God, I am gone. There is no plan B. Because every other idol that I am making is useless when compared to this God. Because I was worshipping idols. I thought that I was better than all the rest of the gang. I was better than, I was more devoted to my idol than the people around me. And then the God of glory appears. And he says, what, what more do I have? I have to follow this God. This is the standard. So what happens? The cloud covers and isn't it interesting? First he has to go up. That means he has to separate from the flesh. He has to be prepared for a 40 day fasting. He has to be there and wait. Then the glory of God comes. Did he get the Ten Commandments yet? No. No, 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 no. He has to first of all have a revelation of who God, who this glory is, the God of glory. And that's exactly what happens to Mr. Isaiah who wrote five chapters and he thought he was mega pand. Are five chapters lick dia. Sabiko wo 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 bola. I went to the temple and what? I said, Woe is me, I am undone because I have seen the Lord of Glory. Finished. I'm done. I'm a man of unclean lips. And I dwell among the people of unclean lips. And he sees the seraphim and they are saying, holy, holy, holy. That is the glory, the shekinah of God. The weight of God. The kabod of God came. And he had a personal quake. Finished. Gone. That's exactly what is going to happen to Moses. Cloud cover. First, therefore, come up. Second, be there. Then what will appear to you? The standards of God. The glory of God. The God in all his glory. First you only saw God in the burning bush. That you thought, okay, okay, burning bush, till manage We can manage the burning bush. Uh-huh, you thought you can manage this person. That's what I told you, no. The fools rush in where angels fear to tread. That's what he tell, that's what he keeps telling Moses. Don't let anybody come near. Don't let anybody come near. Don't let anybody come near. Put the barricade. Even if an animal comes out, it would slaughter it. Can you imagine? Moses, has, poor fellow, has to keep running around in the campus and saying, please let not the, even the animals come. Be there. You know what? God is calling all of us. You want to build a spiritual house where you can dwell, where I can dwell in your midst? One thing, separate. Separation is mandatory mandatory. This is something which is not option. See, a call to disciple, is it an option? No, no. I can be a believer. Discipleship is a multiple choice question. Hello? No, who then can be saved? Who asked this question? The disciples asked. When did they ask this question? When they saw the rich young ruler coming and going back, they said, who can then be saved? Jesus said, no, 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 I'm not talking about salvation over here. I'm just talking about discipleship. Hello, 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 hello. 
the issue of the kingdom of God is the issue of discipleship period. There is disciple or no disciple. That's all. There is nothing in between. You are a believer. That means you are prepared yourself to become a what? Disciple. You have counted the cost. Understand? There is no plan B. There is only plan A. One plan only. So, the cloud covered. How many days? How many days, Baba? No, 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 no. Go back to Exodus chapter 24. We are only going to see, possibly read from verse 1, 2 and 3. 12, okay. Uh, Come up and to me on the mountain and be there and I will give you the tablets of stone and the law and the commandments which I have written to you and that you may teach them. Oh, that this guy thought I will just go there and write those everything and come back and blurt it out. This is not going to happen that way, no. This is not, this is spiritual things, Baba. Okay, let's go on, next verse. So Moses arose with his, with his assistant Joshua and Moses went up to the mountain of God and his, and he said to the elders, wait here for us. And you know that they don't wait. Until we come back to you, indeed Aaron and her are with you. If any man has a difficulty, let him go to them. And you know the mess that they have made. Then Moses went up into the mountain and a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of God rested on the mountain Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day he called to Moses out of the midst of the... What does that mean? Moses... This work is my work. And this work will start from rest. My work. That's what I told you, no? After six days, he took them to the top of the mountain. And he was transfigured. After six days means which day? Seventh day, huh? After six days, huh? Seventh day is killed. Shekhevat kya hata? Ascending order mein? Seven hi hata. If you are putting integers. Otherwise 6.1 po per points nahi hai. There are only integers. Evening and morning, yom, echad. So, after six days he calls and he says, Moses, this work that you are going to do, this work has to be done only from rest. It is my work. So what does six days signify? It is signifying the fact that you have to labor to enter into God's rest to begin the work of God. Where you have rested from your what? Own works. Let's go there now. Turn to Hebrews chapter 4. Yeah? So, verse 9 and 10. There remains therefore a rest for the people of God. For he who had entered his rest or God's rest has himself also seized from his works as God did from his. That's exactly what pastor was telling yesterday. He says, you know what? The problem with the old man is there's some good in the old man. And that good old man has to be done away with, including all his good works, which are what works? Dead works. 
అందుకే నిర్జీవ క్రియలు అంటే జీవము లేని క్రియలు అంటే ఆ క్రియల్లో జీవం లేదు లైఫ్ లెస్ వర్క్స్ ఇస్ వాట్ ఇస్ వాట్ ఇస్ రెండోడ్ ఇన్ తెలుగు అది ఎంత పని చేసినా సరే నువ్వు జీవితాన్ని దానిలో ధార పోసినా సరే అది నిర్జీవ క్రియ అయిపోయింది అంటే యూ హ్ పోడ్ యువర్ కంప్లీట్ లైఫ్ ఇన్ టు ఇట్ బట్ గాడ్ సెస్ ఇట్ ఇస్ లైఫ్ లెస్ బికాస్ నాట్ మై వర్క్ తెలుగులో మనం ఆలోచిస్తే ఎంత ఎంత లోతుంది అన్న ఆ మాటలు ఐ పుట్ మై హోల్ లైఫ్ ఇన్ టు దిస్ లాడ్ come on my heart soul body mind and spirit i mean the dead spirit of course there is no spirit heart soul body mind strength everything i all my resources have backed it up in pursuing this cause god says dead works you have to go back and start all over again lord i have already reached halfway think about it no i am going to vizag i want to go to vizag i am on my way to nagpur okay i'm driving 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 suddenly somebody said are if you go like this you'll go to rajpur are we already came half way re baba let us continue this trajectory will you say repeat Re- you have to do an about turn no 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 we'll just uh, take this trajectory we'll continue okay now i know i we made a mistake but what can we do now we've already come half way we have spent so much of petrol and energy and everything where will you reach that's exactly what will happen to many people are we are going anyway half way is over 60 years of, of our life is over anyway we are going in this direction now we have to take a u turn and go back are papa come on, let's go this direction only where will you end up hell unfortunately this is a fact <laughs> you see this is a work of god and you have to cease from your works you have to enter into god's rest in order to do the work that god has ordained that is the reason why he says we are god's what workmanship turn to ephesians chapter 2 verse 10 hmm? for we are his workmanship thank god we are his workmanship created in christ jesus for good works which god has prepared beforehand that we should hey we should walk in them we should walk we should not do them primarily we should walk in them isn't it interesting that doing the work of god is a walk and we walk by faith and not by sight how do we walk we walk by faith and not by sight and when we walk by faith and not by sight we are led by the spirit and if we are led by the spirit what are we doing we are living the life of christ that is his work therefore as he is in the world we are also in this world and therefore we ought to walk just like the way he walked according to john's gospel chapter epistle of john 1 john chapter 2 verse 6 please see that 1 john chapter 2 verse 6 before i go to the next verse are you there what does it say it says he who abides in him also in him ought himself also walk just has he walked and when he walked did he do any of his work no my will is to do his will first of all and my work is to finish the works that he has ordained behold there are 12 hours in a day and he says and he says my food is to do the will of him who sent me what a statement what a statement that means like uh, like i think uh, warren wiersbe who made this powerful statement in his in his book fantastic book i would recommend it to you after you finish reading your bible you can read this read, don't forget to read your bible first okay this on being a servant of god 
on being a servant of God. So it's one of his master class. Very simple book. I think Warren Wiersbe's two masterpieces when it comes to uh, personal uh, discipleship. No? Personal discipleship, etc. He wrote two books. He called, one is The Integrity Crisis. It's out of print. My father-in-law has it. And I've already put my dusty. I said, uncle, this is my inheritance. He said, Vijay, nobody asked, you'll get it. Okay, I've already put my dusty in that, so. Okay, I've already put my handkerchief there. That's mine. I claimed it. I'm named it, I'm claimed it. Okay, so Integrity Crisis and the other book by Warren Wiersbe is uh, On Being a Servant of God. Classic. And he makes a powerful statement in that book. He says, Jesus, for him, ministry was nourishment, not punishment. My food is to do the will of God and to finish what? His work. That's exactly what I told the Gideons you know, when I went there for the first time. I looked at them. How many of you think uh, ministry is punishment? Everybody almost raised their hands. You know what Jesus thinks about ministry? Nourishment. Not punishment. Think about it. All of us, we when we think ministry as what? Is there any tiredness? What says thou, Peter? Oh, 50 days. The tension is whether I have the word of God only or not is the only tension. But I am not tired of working for God. This is nourishment. The problem is we want to do so many other things. Our minds are divided into 250 fragments. There is only one thing is needful. Finding his work and doing it. And how do we do that work, Baba? I'll show you. Turn to Titus chapter 3. Ah, chapter, chapter 2. And in the NIV, if you don't mind. Okay? In the NIV from verses 11 to 14. <sighs> For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. He teaches us to say what? No to ungodliness and worldly passions and to live what is that? It's a fruit of the spirit. Most important according to me, of course, love. I, I cannot speak on love, okay? Because I'm a very loving person. To say that, it's a very vain statement, at least to me, for me, as far as I'm concerned. <laughs> Not yet there. <laughs> I'm very angry with a lot of people, of course. <laughs> okay? That's my personal opinion. But, but self-control, yeah, I can talk about that. Yeah. Love is patient. Not angry. I'm impatient, basically. Not angry. I'm not angry. I'm impatient. One of the most impatient people you can see with is me. Okay. Very impatient. And God has to do a lot of things too. Love is? It says, suffers long, it says in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 4. Suffers long contained in Anna. Suffering plus long. Suffer long. That is love. So I'm not going to talk about love. So everybody has to prophesy according to the measure of faith that is given him. What says thou? Right? Okay. It teaches us to say no to ungodliness and worldly passions. I want to say un- no to ungodliness for sure. I want to say ungodliness, uh, no to worldly passions for sure. And I want to live what? A self-controlled, upright, godly lives in this presentation. And then, next verse, verse 13 and 14, while we wait for the blessed hope, 
the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us, he gave himself for us, to redeem us from all wickedness, okay, and to purify for himself a people that are his very own, and now you can turn back to NKJV. Verse 14. Verse 14, I'll read it in NKJV. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from every lawless deed and purify for himself his own special people, what? Zealous for good works. So we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works that we should walk in them. Yes. But how do we walk in them? Oh, I need to do this. No, 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 no. There is a zeal, a zealous. One thing that we cannot take away from Paul, he was zealous for Yahweh right from the beginning. Even when they were, when he was a spiritually dead man, he was zealous for Yahweh. His zeal was there, Baba. Whether that zeal, how that zeal became later on can be, but his zeal was always for God. That's exactly what he tells about his Jewish people. He says, I bear witness about my kinsmen, my brethren, that I have a, that they have a what? What for God? They have a zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Zealous for good works. That means you're not a bossy. So many things I did. You don't take it as a burden and you are eager to do the work of God. That is zealous. Okay, you might you might get tired. You might take some breaks and here and there to refresh and re- recuperate and re- recharge your batteries. I'm not saying that, but you never complain. Do you have any complaints? No, sir. Absolutely no complaints. Privilege, honor. To serve God's people and to serve God. Serve God and to serve God's people. Now I'm not tired. Who, how many of us, think about it bro. Think about this. I'm talking about all, uh, I'm talking to all young people. How many of us have the privilege to work like this in this world? Of our own peers. How many of the peers, our own peers in this world have this blessed privilege? That's exactly the reason why I love this man, no? uh, Edward Williams. When he was interviewed by the CBN channel, they asked him, how much are you expecting salary? He said, salary? I'm not looking for a salary. The very fact that you're giving me this platform to share the gospel itself is my salary. Oof. Any complaints? You're being overworked. Complaint? No complaint. My God, to be a war horse for God is a privilege. Bend your back, saith the Lord. I'm just paraphrasing, okay? Think about that. Zealous for good works. You have to have zeal. Just don't do anything. We are God's workmanship. So what is that? We enter into his rest. That means we cease from our works and we begin his work. And if we have begun his work, meaning what? We have to die to every worldly pattern that we have in our mind. Six days. On the seventh day, the Lord speaks. What does it mean? My work has been done away with. I'm no longer doing my work. I'm doing his work. He has called me. I am at his beckon and call. Wherever he sends me, I will go. Whatever he gives me, I will take. Whatever he not gives me, I will say happy. Thank you, Jesus, for not giving me. Man, if you have this attitude, can worldliness capture our hearts? Can covetousness capture our hearts? Can lust capture our hearts? 
Maybe might sometimes might you might get tempted, but will it capture our hearts and stay, make us stay on that path? No way. No way. You're done away with your methods. You're done away with your work. You're done away with all your cleverness and all your human wisdom. All your degrees from the Department of Civil Engineering from the University of Zohar. Zohan. Zohar. Zohar. With specialization in pyramids. Come on God. Pyramids ko mene design kya. I've designed pyramids. What is this tabernacle? Come on. You want me to design? World has pyramids. We call it Ponzi schemes. The ultimate Ponzi. Richard Madoff. Where the top people, they enjoy all the benefits. Who is having the ultimate pressure? The people in the bottom. That is the pattern of this world. Pyramid. Specialization in pyramids. Come on. What are you I have not only the technical know-how, I don't even have the architectural know-how, I also have the human resource handling capability also. Okay, that means I have a double degree. What is that? B.Tech with MBA. That's what it means, no? With specialization in HR plus, uh, what is that, uh, operations research? Oh, you name it and I have it. Please put them all to rest. Please, okay, just in case you are still thinking that it is very important, can you just hand me your certificates, please? (laughs) Oh, you are going to accept those certificates. Please, please give it to me once, please. That is six days. Seventh day is his work. His way. Got it, everybody? All that. Can you imagine how antithetical to the world system God is? Bah! It just stuns me. Stunning it is. Are we saying that we are not supposed to educate our children in the wisdom of, in the ways, in the language of the Chaldeans? No. That's exactly what uh, Daniel and all these people were. But one thing, our wisdom comes from him. We are looking for, 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 for wisdom from above, not all this earthly wisdom. We gain this knowledge, but we, we rely on his wisdom. So that we can have his eyes to process the knowledge that we are gaining from this world. In other words, we, in other words, we will have his viewpoint. So whenever an ideology comes and shows itself in, in, in front of our eyes, we will say, you know what? I can see your, your, your good intention, so to speak, but this is not of God. Okay. There's only one life. What is entering into that rest means there is only one life. I have ceased from my works. That means I no longer live. Exactly Galatians 2.20. That's exactly what it means. Galatians 2.20 ka matlab kya hai? Dekhiye ho. Galatians 2.20 dekhiye ho. Uske baad Galatians 6.14 bhi dekhiye. 6.9. Okay. 2.20. I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live. But Christ lives in me. 
And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. It is over. I am done with I. And who is that I, Baba? From where is he getting his strength and energy and his wisdom? First Corinthians chapter 15. I forgot to write it here. First Corinthians chapter 15, verse 7, in, fi- in fact, if I am right, 7 onwards. After he was seen by James and then by all the apostles in verse 8, then last of all he was seen by me also as by one born out of due time. I am least of all the apostles because I persecuted the church, verse 9 will say, and verse 10. But by the grace of God, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly. That's what I'm saying. Now, this guy was a zealous fellow, not a lazy guy. More abundantly than all, than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God in me. You can put Galatians 2.20 and 2 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 10. You understand what crucified life is. What is entering into rest and being seized to, and to cease from your own works and your own ideas is. It means you are dead to your I and the methodologies of this I, and you are completely dependent upon the grace of God to do the work of God, and Galatians chapter 6 verse 10 now. Ah, Sorry. 14, sorry, 614, yeah. But God forbid that I should boast except in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, but by whom the world has been crucified to me, and I to the world. That means what? I am dead to my, my, my ideas. I am and, and myself, that I is gone. This I is going to do the work of God. I'm done with my work. I'm going to do His work. I'm going to do the work, His work, with His strength and in His ways. Galatians chapter 6 verse 14. Not in the ways of the world. Not in the ways of the world. That's exactly the reason why we have to do what? One thing is needed. We have to wait. Wait, I say, on the Lord. So, how do we do it then? Exodus chapter 25 verse 9. According to all that I show you, that is the pattern of the tabernacle and the pattern of the furnishings that I show you. You know how he starts off first? You know what he first starts off with? The Ark of the Covenant. That is starting off with the bedroom in a, in a, in a, in a home. Think about it. The most personal space chalu karega koi construction ke time pe. Whoever starts a construction, we start with the bedroom. He was, this is remarkable. He starts with the Ark of the Covenant. Then I, I, I just got the order, okay? Uh, it's very interesting order. The way God gives the order. It's not necessarily the way he, 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 he makes it. He first starts with Ark of the Covenant, the table of shoe bread, the lampstand. What is left in the most holy place? The altar of incense is left. He doesn't give the next instruction according of, about the altar of incense. You know, next he starts about the coverings. Badger skins and the skins and all those skins, he says. And then he goes to the walls. Then he talks about the veil. Then he talks about the altar, the bronze altar. Then he talks about the outer courts. Then he talks about the garments. 129 chapter completely on garments. Then he talks about the altar of incense, the tenth. And then finally, eleventh, he talks about the the brazen labor, the labor where where you wash yourself. The bronze labor. This is the order he gives. It's an amazing order. That's what I'm saying. It's completely antithetical to this world. It's 
how different God is and he has to wait for this. It's God's pattern. God's ways. Therefore, NIV, Romans chapter 1, verses 1 and 2. Sorry, 12, 1 and 2. We know this very well, but I want to show you this again. How do we do the pattern for a service? Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. Therefore, I urge you, brothers, in view of God's mercies. First, what do you do? Offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Holy and pleasing to God, that is your reasonable act of worship. Do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you know what is perfect, what is good, acceptable, and the perfect will of God. Then you'll ask this question, what is this offering yourself as a living sacrifice on the altar and dainty anaduto? What is it, Baba? Message translation gives a very interesting rendering to it. We'll read the message translation and we'll stop for the day because we're almost done for today. Hmm? Verse 1 and 2. This is message translation, okay? So here's what I want you to do. God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life. What does it contain? Your sleeping it starts with sleeping, isn't it? You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work, you're walking around life. And place it before God as an offering. That is your living sacrifice. What is living sacrifice? Ante? What is living sacrifice? Take your sleeping, take your eating, take your going to work. All of us go to work. That also has to be offered to God. First you have to offer your God your sleeping. Oh, I have very bad sleeping patterns. That's exactly what we were admonished in the morning, right? Three of us have got a very interesting holy of holy lesson today. What says thou, Sammy? <laughs> okay. You're sleeping. Then, 40 days, how we ate? Ma, Lord have mercy upon our eating. We were being prepared for a sacrifice. Fattened. We have not offered ourselves as a sacrifice. So in other words, you know what he's saying? Don't make a contribution. Like we heard yesterday. All or nothing. Period. That is living sacrifice. So you are sleeping, you are eating, you are going to work and you are walking around in life meaning your entertainment, your shopping, your study time. In fact, most people say, how you spend your spare time actually determines your spiritual destiny. Now you think about it, no? That's a very interesting question. How do we as full-time ministers use our spare time? We, sp- we spend time studying the word. Spare time, meditating on the word. Simple. And sometimes our sleep also is thinking only. Everything. And place it before God as an offering. You, you should see John Owen and all these people, okay, the old Puritan, how this worked hard. Nights and nights, night outs only. We do night outs for exam. They did night out to get books like Mortification of the Flesh and everything. No wonder they were Puritans who finished their work and went. 
Sleepless nights. How many sleepless nights? You're sleeping, you're eating, you're going to work and walking. That means, you look at this, all this has one common factor. What is it? Time. Right? How much you sleep? How much time you eat? Also determines how much you eat. Aram se khate. Pet bar gaya par dil nahi bara. How many times you have? My stomach is full, my heart is not satisfied. My stomach is satisfied, but my heart is still not satisfied. <laughs> I wish my heart and my stomach are... My stomach is as large as my heart. In as far as eating is concerned, not in, in as far as giving is concerned. In, a, in as far as consuming is concerned, I wish as my heart is as far as, I mean, my stomach is as large as my heart. Sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life. I didn't remember no, those days when I used to go to work from here. At least two hours in travel. So many messages I heard in those two hours. So many. It's become a pattern in my life now. Even when I'm sleeping, I'm listening. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing that you can do for Him. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can. That is seizing from your works and entering into His work. That is entering into God's rest. That is how a leader prepares himself first. To receive instructions, Baba. This is still not building. <laughs> this is to receive instructions. <laughs> so may the Lord grant us grace this morning, even as we stop. To not to conform to the pattern of this world. And in order in order for in order for us to do that, our sleeping our eating, our going to work and our walking around life. Let it, let us place it as an offering before God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you, Father, for this morning. Once again, we look upon the cross, cross that you died. We, we are humbled by your mercy. We are broken inside. Once again, we thank you. Once again, we pour out our lives. See from his head, his hands, his feet, the hymn writer says, when I survey the wondrous cross in which the prince of glory died, my richest gain I count but loss. And pour contempt on all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my Lord. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. See from his head, his hands and, and his feet, sorrow and love flow mingled down. Did e'er such love and sorrow meet, nor thorns compose so rich a crown. Where the whole realm of nature mine. Where an offering far too small. Love so amazing. So divine. Demands my soul. My life. My all. Is what the hymn writer said. 
And may that be our prayer as well. We thank you, Lord. We praise you. For in Jesus' name, amen. See you all at 7.30. If you have any questions, please send in your questions to our email or to our WhatsApp or to our website, uh, uh, the email which is on our website. So um, if you have, if we have sufficient, sufficient questions, we will be having our question and answer session in the evening today. Else we'll be having our service, regular service, teaching service in the evening. Pastor James will be bringing the word. May the Lord bless you richly. In Jesus' name, Amen.